This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCred Pro, the strategic resource for B2B sales that fortifies your credibility and accelerates the trust building needed for building successful business relationships. Get your free seven-day trial now at salescred.com slash PRO. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Okay, so Lee, you've run this company for 30 plus years, So, but have you ever been fired from a gig, a job? Because I, I, mean, I know I have. I've been fired from a gig, but I came really close. <laughs> Back in my early <laughs> days of, of my career or whatever, yeah. So yeah, it, it was it was coming, but I, I got out before it happened. Well, our guest today says that that can be a blessing in disguise, and you really need to take a different view of your career development. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. I'm Celie Smith. I'm the CEO and founder of SalesFuel, and Audrey, I was, I'm thinking about that, and uh, you know, it is a it's a it's a great refocus. Right. About, you know, looking at what you do, how you do it and everything like that. But can also, you know, as as Stephanie says, can be the linchpin uh, of something bigger and better if you uh, choose to take it that way. But it's just adversity that has to be overcome, just like anything else. Exactly. So Stephanie Brown is coming to the rescue for you. If that is your set, current set of circumstances, the founder of Creative Career Level Up, a program that helps those in marketing, creative, and tech industries accelerate their careers and secure their next perfect role, along with a promotion and a salary increase. Wow, who doesn't want that? Hundreds mm-hmm. of professionals have gone through this program. Listen to some of her clients, Apple, Nike, Google, Amazon, Expedia. I mean, come on. She was able to retire uh, early from her corporate job and launch her career coaching business back in 2019 after building a positive cash flow property portfolio. It took her about four years and her career path, here we go, not always been rosy. Her book, Fired, Why Losing Your Job is the Best Thing That Can Happen to You, is where she shares her experience of being fired twice and how the loss of a job was instrumental in advancing her career. Boy, Stephanie, welcome to the show. This is a topic we really haven't touched. We're really glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and, and chat about this. It's something I'm very passionate about, as you can probably tell. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first question would be, what what happened to you? So what happened? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. I, I have been you know, let go or, or fired twice. Um, I think there's a difference between being fired and being made redundant, just to clarify. I've been made redundant twice and I've been fired twice. Being made redundant has been... They let everybody go at the same time, and it's not you personally. Being fired is when they specifically ask you to leave. <laughs> um, so I've I've been asked to leave from two companies, and um, I use the word fired, I guess, to to show the impact of it. I mean, I, I didn't do anything specifically wrong in these situations, and and um, you know, a lot of people think being fired is 
about you doing something you know really bad and most people when they lose their jobs it's just a mismatch of culture and maybe not the place you're meant to be and um, it happened to me early on in my career when I was in my early 20s I, I first moved to London and um, ended up in a work situation where probably wasn't the right fit for me in hindsight and and I sort of got let go from that company when I was 23 um, and then fast forward sort of eight years nine years and, and it happened to me again in my in my early 30s um and again I, I I left Nike to take a chance on a company that um you know was a little bit of a risk and and I got there and after three months you know it just it wasn't the right fit um I certainly wasn't performing at my best and and it wasn't somewhere that I really enjoyed either and, and I was let go um, although very relieved, uh, it was my overwhelming um, feeling the second time round. Um, so yeah, it sort of happened to me twice. Um, the first time was a shock. The second time, also a shock, but um, probably better, uh, better equipped to cope with it the second time round, having had it already mm-hmm. happen to me once before. So you can't control what happens to you. You can only control your reaction to it. So with that in mind, looking back, I mean. What did you do right after you know you were fired slash you know uh, laid off and, and what do you in hindsight realize you you should have done differently? So I'll talk about the second time um, because I was a bit older then and I think even with the hindsight of the first time round, um, I still learned lots of things from the second time round. But I think I think my learning uh, in, in terms of things that I probably didn't do right um, was. I tried to rush into the next job. So I got let go uh, 10 days before Christmas. Um, so it was oh. the week before Christmas. I think it was a Tuesday and Christmas was the following Friday. So um, not great timing, uh, least of all because it was Christmas, but more because, it, you know, the job market, there's nothing happening for the next probably six weeks. And, uh, you know, I panicked as you do. I was single at the time and, and um, you know, living on the other side of the world from my family. So I really felt the pressure to, to get another job. Um, and I don't think if, if you have the financial ability to sort of wait out that, that initial period, I think a, at least a few weeks off, if you can, to just decompress, um, process what's happened. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotions that you go through. There's the shock, there's embarrassment, shame, um, sort of telling people what's happened is really hard. Um, Then you feel a bit angry. Um, You know, then you start to lose your confidence a little bit. You know, these are probably emotions that everyone who's lost their job are quite familiar with. So I think you need time to process that and really work out like what happened and and make sure that emotionally you're sort of coping with that. Um, So I didn't do that. I, I tried to rush into a job. Fortunately, I didn't get a job. And I say fortunately, because I don't think I was in the best place to immediately secure the best role. And so the, the, the good thing about not being able to secure a job job immediately was that I then went into that stage of processing what had happened and going, hey, this is actually an amazing opportunity to take a step back and and look at things, relook at things. You know, it's the first time I'd, I'd been at Nike for, for eight years before that and I had a lot of jobs there and you, there was always a clear path as to where you were going next. So it was the first time in, in my career where I was suddenly sitting down with a blank sheet of paper and saying, hey, why don't I have a I'd look at what I could be doing and where I could be going. Um, and I think that's a really important exercise to go through if you find yourself in this sort of career crisis, having having lost your job, whether you were let go or whether it was a redundancy or whether you cho- cho- chose to leave. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because you know, we have uh, some, some research that our company, Sales Fuel, has done. Uh, and I don't remember the exact number, but it's, but it's around 40% of, uh, of employees of companies don't have in mind a clear path 
about you know what their advancement within the company looks like. So uh, how do you advise managers on, on making sure that that happens? Because it sounds like you had it at Nike from what you just said, but uh, so many good employees don't seem to have that. Yeah, it's a tough one because it really does come down to culture of the company. Um, you know, Nike had a culture. I think it's, a, I've heard this from other sports companies as well. I, I believe some of the other big sports brands have it as well, but a real culture of coaching and developing people. Um, and and they want to keep people in the company, but they want to keep challenging you as well. So you, you did tend to move roles every sort of 18 months to two years. Um, and your manager was... Uh, trained in this culture of sort of how do you build a high-performing team? How do you help people in your team to perform well? And a big part of that is making sure that they can see their path through the company, that they know what the next challenges are going to be, that they're not getting bored in their role. And so you had a lot of leaders that had come through this culture at Nike where that was the culture to to help and build your team and, and help them build their career. And I think that's where it starts. You've got to have leaders that are empowered to to be that way, um, have the ability to help you move through the company. So, you know, unlocking doors for you within the company. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of companies don't have that culture um, and, and, and that makes it really difficult. Even if you are a leader that wants to be like that, you'll often find that you might not be able to be like that as, as a leader and a manager if the company culture doesn't have that ingrained in it. So what do you do? You should go into your person you're in, let's say you're middle management. So you're managing up and you're managing down, go into your person you report to and said, like to have a conversation about my future here and uh, just be transparent about it and ask the questions. Yeah, I definitely think you've got to be, you've got to be forthright with, you know, if if you're the one who wants to move through the company, I think it's a good idea to be really clear with people about what you want and where you want to go um one of the biggest mistakes i did make at nike i, I got stuck in a role um for longer than i should have I, I got bored um my confidence started to 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 sort of go because around me people were progressing their careers through the company and what i realized with the help of a, a mentor was that i needed to be clear about what i wanted and i wasn't being clear about how i wanted to move through the company and and as soon as i was you know people started helping me with that so i think you do have to take a little bit of responsibility for yourself and make sure that you have a clear idea of where you want to go um, and that you are communicating that to more senior people so that um, if you do get some good leaders and managers who are keen to help you move through a company they know what you want to do and they know that you're willing to put the work in to, to get to where you want to go so with your work at creative career lab i mean obviously you do a lot of work with executives and, and helping them plan their careers and develop uh, and that sort of thing I, i'm curious about how you deal with people that have that little voice in their head you know that uh, I, I guess maybe have a touch of imposter syndrome and, and how you help people deal with that especially after yeah. they've been fired right yeah, absolutely. I, I think most people who have lost their job, either may redundant or be fired, do suffer from, from a lack of confidence. Um, and I think a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome. I think the, the best way to move through that is really to get yourself out of your comfort zone and to start trying things that maybe you're a little bit scared of. That, that's the best way I've found to, to build back confidence. So if you're, um, you know, if you're trying things that are out of your comfort zone, 
one of two things happens. You either succeeded it and you're shocked and you're like, wow, I can actually do that. I can't believe I tried and succeeded. And therefore your confidence grows because you tried and succeeded at something you thought you couldn't do. Or you try and you fail, but you get through it. You realize that, hey, the worst thing happened. I failed at this, but actually the world kept turning. I, I survived and I learned from that and I moved forward and, and, and made and, you know I was able to figure out where to go from there. Um, and, and that gives you confidence as well. So by trying things that are out of your comfort zone, by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, one of two things happens and both of the results of them is a, is a growth of confidence from what I find. So when people come to me and they're worried about imposter syndrome, I sort of explain to them this concept that one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to go in there and you're going to be amazingly successful when the imposter syndrome will go or you'll fail and what you'll realize is that the world doesn't end when it fails you learn something you work it out and you keep moving forward and that will give you confidence as well Audrey this sounds a bit like marriage counseling doesn't it <laughs> well yeah, we're talking about two different things we're talking about trying to move up within a current your current organization or trying to you've been fired and now you're trying to get in um to a new job I both those situations Stephanie I'm wondering how transparent should you be about what has happened to you? So if you're in your current job, here's why I want to switch departments or here's why I want to move up. Like, obviously I don't want to trash my current supervisor or whatever, or my former employer. So how transparent should you be? I mean, should you say, well, I was just politics. It was just politics. And, or my boss doesn't like me, or that was a horrible company. Or, I mean, I was taught you never do any of that, but how do you, how should you explain to the person that is in front of you? Yeah, it's a great question. It's actually one I get all the time on my TikTok yeah. channel. So I will, I will give you the answer because I know a lot of people will be asking that. I think the first thing to remember is that um, if you are, if you have been let go, whether it's redundancy or fired, um, most people don't care about that as much as you do. Like it's way more in your head than it is in, in, in the hiring manager's head. Um, they, they may ask about it, but you're definitely spinning on it and, and how you're going to explain it. You're thinking about that way more than they are. Um, I had this situation obviously where I got legitimately fired and I had to explain that. And I was shocked by how few people actually cared. You know, people said, oh, you left Nike and you went to that job for three months. What happened? And I, I gave them a very short answer and I'll explain to you how, how I did that. And then they just moved on. They didn't care really, you know, it made sense oh, to them. And the good. answer I gave them was that, you know, I took a risk on, I left Nike after seven years, took a risk on a company, um, you know, that I, that I thought would be right for me actually wasn't the right fit. And now I'm, now I'm out job hunting again. And the key is to keep that really short, um, to keep it top line. Exactly what you just said, Audrey, you never talk about anything in the past. You don't go into detail. You don't ramble. You don't try and explain things. You just say it wasn't the right fit or, you know, whatever your very short political line is. And then what you do is you, sh you shift the focus to them. So I would okay. say, you know, hey, I, I left after three months. It wasn't the right fit for me, but I'm really excited about this job that you guys have got. My God, I, I can see how I can come and had it. Had it add a ton of value in this. So you shift the focus back to them. You always want it to be forward focused, looking into the future, never looking back, never complaining about anyone, never going into the detail. It's not that important, the detail. And most people asking you that question actually don't care about the detail. Let's say you've identified a job now within the company that, that, that you're in currently. And, you know, how do you go about positioning yourself internally so that they can see you as someone that could fill that role? 
Yeah, great question. So I think it's really important that you sit down with people above you and find out what it takes to get into those roles. Um, I think most people, when they're trying to make a move up, are almost embarrassed to ask for help or they don't like they don't realize that the people that are going to be able to show them the way are the people that are already out there. Um, and it's okay that you don't know the way to make the move from, from one to the next. So I think going and sitting down with your boss initially, but other senior leaders who are at that level and who may actually have an influence over who gets those positions in the future. I think sitting down with them and saying, Hey, this is what I'd really like to do. I'd love to make a plan to get there. What are the skills that I might need to develop in the next six to 12 months, um, whether they're soft skills or hard skills, what are the skills that would put me in the best position to get this promotion if and when that becomes available? And even just the task of doing that and sitting down with with those people really shows your intention um, and shows that that you're you're keen to make that move. The other thing you can do is is make sure you always apply for those roles when they come up, even if there's no way that you're going to get them. It's called signaling. You're signaling to the business that, hey, I'm I'm keen for these roles. And whether you get an interview and, and that's helpful or whether they just say, hey, look, you're, you're not at that level yet, you're signaling to the business that you're, you you want to stay in the business and you want to grow. And that shows them that, hey, this is a person who who really wants to be here. And again, when those roles come up if you have developed the skills as well as signal to the business that you're you're keen to be part of the business and to grow that positions you as someone that's really showing the intent for, for those roles what are the workplace and work style buckets that's the only word i can think of is buckets when you've been fired or you didn't get the promotion that you should be looking at for a little self-reflection like what could what was my role in this why i got blown out or why I didn't get promoted and what are the buckets of things to look at self-improvement wise that you advise? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think the reflection piece is really good. I'd, I'd definitely be asking for feedback and really show that you're um, open to feedback, you know, be someone that is really open to it because people don't have to give you honest feedback, but I think the honest feedback will be the stuff that really helps you in terms of, you know, getting that opportunity in the future so you have to show that you're someone that's willing to take feedback on that you're not going to be you know aggressive or or, you know abrupt if you get the feedback so I think showing that you're really open to get the feedback helps you with that reflection so I would definitely be getting feedback from people involved in the process but I wouldn't be afraid to ask some of your peers or people who are maybe on the periphery of your team or the 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 role that you went for and ask them for some feedback as well Um, and then obviously reflect yourself on on what you could have done better, maybe in the positioning of yourself for the role, maybe in the interview that you had. Um, I, I actually recommend a lot of my clients if they're doing online interviews, which obviously if you're um, going for an internal role, chances are it might be in real life. But if you're doing an online interview, I often recommend that they um, turn their phone on and record uh, themselves being interviewed so they can hear what they said. Because often when you're talking, um, you know, in a podcast, a great example, you often listen back to the podcast. You're like, so what, oh, did God, did I, <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. Um, and interviews are the same. You, you sort of, sometimes you think they went really badly. You listen back to the recording. You're like, oh, actually, I, I think I did quite well there and vice versa. So if you can record an interview, you know, as a, as a, as a tactic, that's a great one just to listen back and it, it helps you in that. Um, but to your, to your question, Audrey, in terms of the buckets, I think it's the, 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 the sort of feedback and reflection from people involved in the process who are probably influencers, not being afraid to maybe ask for people who are on the periphery of that to give you some feedback as well. And then taking your own reflection in terms of a real honest look at what you could have done better. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, look at it from from a different role. 
uh, let's say the, the manager's or the leader's role, when, when one of your people have applied for a position internally that they really wanted, they really thought that they were the best person for it and they didn't get it. Uh, how do you manage then the aftermath of that as far as their mentality and how about how they go about their work? How do you help them through that and make sure that they don't go astray? Yeah, it's a great question as well. I, I think you have to be the kind of leader that genuinely wants to help your team grow and develop. And again, I think that comes back to the culture that you sit within in your company. Nike is very much a culture of helping, you know, build, building high-performing teams. That's what leaders were encouraged to do. And so if you're a leader and you are genuinely wanting to help your team develop and someone applies for a role and they don't get it, you've got to help them put a plan in place so that at least they have really clear things that they can be doing to give themselves the best possible chance of getting that role in the future. Um, so I saw some feedback recently that one of my clients got from, from a company that she works for um, and she was really disappointed with her uh, with her, her her yearly review. And I read the feedback and I was like, this is incredible. It was so detailed and clear on what she needed to do and she sort of felt bad because she thought the fact that they were saying improve this improve this was bad but I could see how it was written and it was really an incredible manager who clearly wanted her to progress and she's trying to get to that next level and I said look you could not be in a better place because the feedback was so clear it was so clear what she needed to do what she needed to work on um, and and her boss was very open and saying hey we can check in on this weekly we can wow, after meeting if you want to share you know how you felt in the meeting or you if, if we have a meeting with a client take some notes and we can review them afterwards I was like that's incredible it's such an active leader um, and she felt better after that because she didn't realize she's kind of younger she didn't realize that like not all leaders are that willing to help you and, and these people at uh, this woman have been been very clear with her on what was needed and I think that is what you need to just keep your team or this person and your team feeling like hey I know what I need to do you know I have a purpose every day I can come and I can work on this stuff and if I do that there's a highly likely chance that I'll get that promotion when it becomes available again. Well, creativecareerlab.com is your website and you're coming live to us from London, England. So she's on European time, folks. So don't bother her at two in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I can, we've been recording this and actively listening to you, Stephanie. I can assure you, this has been an excellent interview. You did great (laughs) because you were like, I don't know. You won't remember when we hang up what you said. (laughs) (laughs) But this has been wonderful. Great tips and uh, really a topic that, you know, I'm really glad we, we were able to tackle with you. Very helpful. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.